A new episode of Smash Cuts will be discussing Sam Raimi, his filmography, and also the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness as we do a deep dive on Smash Cuts. Smash Cut. A technique in film where one scene abruptly cuts to another without transition. This is the idea behind the show, Smash Cuts. Hello and welcome to Smash Cuts. I'm Rich Caban. With me is Jacqueline Kemet. Hello. And we are uh, we are we are knee deep in Sam Raimi world right now as yeah. we <laughs> as we we want to discuss definitely the uh, uh, the new Doctor Strange multiverse of madness which we both saw and uh, but uh, we thought it would be fun to just kind of go through the man's career uh, and uh, Mr. Sam Raimi who directed who took his uh, uh, footsteps or he, I should say he put his toe into the, the pool of the Marvel Universe and delivered um, uh, a movie that I think was... I, I don't think Marvel expected it to do as well as it did for some reason. You know, it, like it, it made uh, quite a lot of money for, for Doctor Strange. I'm not sure what the first one did, but um, but it did uh, really well with audiences. I think uh, audiences are, were really hungry to see, you know, more more Marvel but, well, um, I think that's a big part of it. I really do think that, especially with the lead up in um, Spider-Man No Way Home, it was such a big event and we all know how well that performed. Yeah. And this was the lead off, right? Like that was um, dovetailing into like, okay, well, we've gotten something wrong and Doctor Strange is at the heart of it, but let's really see what's going on with this multiverse. And they have been pitching the the title for what two years now yeah, <laughs> or yeah. something so yeah. it's been a long time coming that we've been really excited about it yeah I mean I mean we could just start talking about that movie first and then we'll go backwards but um uh, uh I think I you know that there was so many before the movie came out there was so many like things that people were you know almost had a list of of things they wanted to see like definitely they wanted to see what was going to happen with you know after Wandavision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that that Wanda was definitely going to play a big part. We didn't know what kind of part she was going to play because it was suggested that she could have gone the other way. But then, but then you watch the trailers and 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 you saw it looked like they were going to work together on something. Then you've got all of these rumors about okay, we're going to see uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. We're going to see uh, you know every everything under the sun. And I think because Tobey Maguire and and uh, 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 Andrew Garfield finally, you know, made appearances in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I think they were expecting big, huge, huge reveals like that for this movie. But, uh, but let's, yeah. yeah, let's go through through it. And how, how did you, uh, how did you like the movie? Like, what was what were some of the things that you loved about it, or what were some of the things you didn't like about it? It was definitely one of the films that I. I am so often giving the same feedback for Marvel films lately where there's so much that I love about it. And then I could also pick it apart all day long. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So my overall um, review is that I loved it. Like, yes, I was so excited to go see it again um, in the theaters. And so I've seen it twice already and I would be happy to go see it again. There's so many things I feel like I could just geek out about and really appreciate. But I also as soon as I got in the car was talking about like, well, this is a thing and this is a thing and this is <laughs> definitely a loophole. And I really like they should have done this a little bit more. Maybe honestly, I'm not quite sure. I have to say, I don't think that they should have gone with this title. 
I really think that Multiverse of Madness, even though it was an acronym for mom, um, <laughs> I really feel like that is a bit of a bait and switch on this film, even though, even though we get the multiverse in it, we do hop into a different multi, you know, like different universe and we get to see glimpses of other multiverses when they're like traveling through. Mm-hmm. I feel like we didn't really get to see too much craziness overall when you're talking about a title that they've been ramping up for two years, multiverse of madness. I really was hoping to get more of the varied timelines and varied things where even when we hop to um, the, the universe, what was it? A three, eight or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's definitely different, but it's not like it's that different. You know what I mean? It's, it's like back to the future, you know, kind of, uh, three different. It's it's, it's just different a little heroes. bit. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little bit like techno, more techno. And I, I understand the different timelines with the Ultron bots, you know, and everything like that. There's there's some really cool stuff that happens there, but that's really the only other universe that we really get to spend time in. And I wish that we could have seen something different with that title. If they had named it anything else, I wouldn't have yeah. that complaint. I really wouldn't. I wonder if there was going to be there was supposed to be more because I feel like, you know, I, I, all these rumors that get, came up. One of them, which turned out to be true, was um, that Tom Cruise was originally going to appear yes as Iron Man. Right. And, uh, there were scheduling conflicts. Yeah, scheduling conflicts mm-hmm. and and all due to the pandemic, and that's yes that's where a lot of these things came from. I mean, they, I mean that aside, there were some surprises when they you know. Um, when they did go to the, uh, I was going to call it the Star Chamber, but it, but it was when uh, they went to the um, Illuminati. Uh, the Illuminati, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Illuminati for me, I, from the comics, what I remember with the Illuminati was the first time we ever saw it. They were the group who it was Iron Man, it was Doctor mm-hmm. Strange, Namor, Namor. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Bolt uh, was there. Yeah, and and, X. Mm-hmm. and they've decided basically their first rule of thing that I ever saw. Was they decided the Hulk should be sent out into space? Right, um, right. And that that ended up with with the whole World War Hulk thing that that would come to pass. But um, so it's interesting. It was interesting that they they did that. The way that it looked, I don't know if if he thought this, but uh, going to the Loki TV series, it it looked a lot like when you went to that area. It looked almost like the same area at the end of Loki where. Um, when you when he goes to see the, who he thinks is in charge of all of this, and it's just mm-hmm. like these robots, you know, kind of looked mm-hmm. like that same mm-hmm. arena, you know. Um, so uh, uh, so I wonder if we will have our own version of the Illuminati because the Illuminati we encounter there is um, uh, what's it? It's Captain Marvel, but it's it's a different version. It's it's um right. Uh, well, Captain Carter. Cap- yeah. <laughs> then is yeah. Then is Captain Carter. Oh, Captain Carter. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then Captain Marvel, which is the uh, Rambo. Monica. Rambo. Right. Rambo. Uh, yeah. Captain Captain Carter without her her droid sidekick that would have uh, little Steve <laughs> yes. Rogers in it. Yeah. Um. Uh, then you have John Krasinski as uh, Reed Richards, which mm-hmm. we can only hope he is going to play Reed Richards because that could that could just be. For that, and we ne- and he never becomes right. Richard. Oh, you know? that's what's so brilliant about the variants. Yeah. I think that just fixed so much. Yeah. Uh, with um, anything that they want to do, <laughs> you yeah. know, in the future, so cool. 
And then seeing Patrick Stewart in the uh, the X Men cartoon mm-hmm. um, with the music, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in that in that thing that that pod that you never you know we never got. To oh see yeah, the action. floaty, <laughs> the Jim Lee fo- floaty um, yellow pod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean that was uh, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and the the only and the, I mean if there's one complaint is you wish you, you know it's like oh it's over so you know they I know they're kind of there and then they're gone you know and uh, I agree. <clears throat> and Anson Mount, um, you know, as Black Bolt, who played Black Bolt on the Inhumans TV show, that was I think a surprise. I don't think a lot of people expected them to have him, and so comic book accurate too. That yeah. was a great costume. Yeah, I, I mean, love... I didn't even know who he was, so that, that was that was great that they did that poll, you know, for people who really who oh, watched yeah. the show at least. Well, you know? and I mean, honestly, I gotta say, I watched the show, and it was terrible. It was so bad, and I really tried to stick with it. You know what I mean? And I, I think I did. I think I saw the whole season they just didn't do another one um but i have to say of all the characters in that show he is the one that i was defending at the time because he did such a great job um as a character who couldn't say anything i was like man he's just acting he's like (laughs) chewing up the scene and he can't do anything it was really i really was happy that he got um that actually a pretty big week for him too because he just got his uh new spinoff Star Trek show, Brave New Worlds, um, started with him as the captain, Captain Pike. Uh, oh, so that oh, was pretty an, cool. Big, oh, he's Captain Pike? I didn't even yeah. realize he's the same guy. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know who he was. Yeah, he's... Well, the I biggest mean, was, Pompadour he, you've he, ever seen on that show, but it's space, <laughs> so, you know, he doesn't even need product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. realize it was him. I mean, the, but, uh, the, the, there were so many great connections, too. Like, I always knew... When they came out with that, uh, the cartoon series, the uh, What If, mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't, they don't, they're not just doing this just for fun. Like, this is going to connect into our universe. And so far, uh, I, I mean, in the Marvel universe, in terms of uh, the movies, and so far it has. I mean, that's where Captain Carter was first introduced. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, the different variants of Strange, you yeah. know, even though they might not be the same ones we see in this movie, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it was definitely a precursor, you know. Yeah. And then seeing uh, which, which uh, you know, going back to Sam Raimi, one of the most, the great things that he did with this film is, um, you could have cast Bruce Campbell as Doctor Strange. You know? I okay, <laughs> I'm mad that he did not. I mean, I just just for a glimpse, he didn't have to do a whole you know big deal, but like Bruce really could have been a great Doctor Strange yeah. variant. Yeah. I mean, especially back in his day, like he would have been, you know, he would have been perfect because, because uh, what's his name, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch definitely has the, the Bruce Campbell role in this film, and he really did take him on a journey. I mean, he even so yes, he dreamwalked into his um, corpse of Defender Strange that was from the beginning of the movie, right. and that was that was really great. It was it was such the perfect Marvel movie for Raimi to come back to. Mm-hmm. And I know we'll dive into his other films too, but even from the opening scene in New York, um, it's not the very opening one that was in the other universe, although that was great. But as soon as you got to New York, you saw his fingerprints everywhere from the way that he moves the camera to the way that he zooms in on things to just though. I don't even know if it's like, if it has anything to do with the lenses he's using or the millimeters he's shooting on or whatever, I have no idea exactly what it is that makes his (laughs) visual language so unique, Mm -hmm. but it almost looks 
at times like claymation, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and not yeah. in a bad way at all, just in that very Raimi specific type of way. I don't know. Really, really cool to see um, all of that. And then all of the, oh my gosh, the crossfades. Oh my yes. God. Yeah, yeah. All of the crossfades were just insane. There's that one scene where I almost lost it in the theater because I was like, I felt like I was watching Buffy or like some <laughs> 90s TV show, but where um, Scarlet Witch is getting ready to dreamwalk and she's got all of her candles around her and she's sitting cross-legged and um, Mordo is talking about what dreamwalking is. And it's all these like fades to his face and then Doctor Strange's face and then mm-hmm. America Chavez's face and then Scarlet Witch's face and it's and it's got this very like I don't know yoga studio like Middle Eastern music which is I mean Danny Elfman did all the music but this was so 90s TV show charmed yeah. you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah kind of yeah. I was like what is happening <laughs> yeah it's funny because he does so he plays cheesy. a lot of that I mean that's definitely it, it it's it's nice signature because in Spider-Man, he didn't. There wasn't a lot of times he used that. I feel like the only time really where I where I saw a real visual fingerprint from him was Doc, the Doc Ock stuff in in mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man Two. Yeah. Um, so it was nice that he was. This felt like he was in his realm where he could kind of, uh, you know, his horror has never been like scary, scary horror. It's always there, been like. Although there were some type, there were some moments, and all the eyeball stuff is oh yeah. Stuff. First mm-hmm. eyeball gag happened. I'm like, here we go. Here's yep. Sam. <laughs> and then there kept being more throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was like, how many eyeball things can they do? Yeah. That yeah, that was great. And then even seeing the little cameo by Bruce Campbell, uh, yes. where he gets to he gets to uh, do some little ash acting. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. the worst reverse. <laughs> reverse hand acting I've ever seen. I just remember some documentary. Some oh, I think it was just in the um, commentary on on Evil Dead, where somebody was um, basically trying to imitate Sam Raimi, like yelling at Bruce Campbell, like that's the worst reverse hand acting I've ever seen in my life, or whatever it was. <laughs> that's always stuck with me. Oh, it was so fun. It was just so fun. And again, like you said, like he's got horror, but it's there's always a bit of camp to his horror. And that's what was so great about the end of the film too, with the animated corpse, with the, you know, Mar- quote unquote Marvel zombies that's not Marvel zombies. Um, it didn't feel grotesque. Yeah. It didn't feel like, you know, you didn't want to watch. It felt very much, you know, like it was um an elevated army of darkness kind of monster, you know, Um, with Marvel effects. And Oh my gosh, when he pulled all of those like demon souls or whatever they were around him into the Cape and started, that was cool. Mm -hmm. Like that was just so cool. (laughs) There were some really amazing gags in this movie. Oh, I wanted to ask you, how did you feel about the music battle? Because I feel like a lot of people are really split on whether they thought it was super cool or whether they were like thinking it was super cheesy. The mu- uh, I'm trying to remember the music battle. What what which part was that? When Doctor Strange, our Doctor Strange, is fighting evil Doctor Strange for the I was going to call it the Necronomicon <laughs> the Necron- for the Necronomicon <laughs> for the Darkhold, and they start basically plucking music notes off of sheets of 
of music. Oh, yes. Okay. At each other. And it's like this classical music battle. Yes, I do remember. Oh my God. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. No, I thought that was, I mean, I I was, I was down for anything. Like I I was, I was like, okay with it. I thought it was pretty funny, you know, because I, I felt like that that's, it was okay because it was so, you know, like almost like in the first Dr. Strange when he, when she takes him out of his, out of his, uh, body. And then he's like kind of traveling through space and time and he's seeing Mm -hmm. all the flower stuff and he becomes all these shapes. Like I, like I thought this is the place where you can do anything that you want to do like that. If you want to be completely ridiculous. Yes. You know, if you want to have like a world where, you know, everybody's a marionette, you know, you could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it. So, so yeah, any, anything that they did, I was okay with, like, I was fine. Yeah. Uh, You're right. With... I mean, this was, you know, sky's the limit. It definitely, I think so. I think it was, it had that playfulness to it. And I think that was why we, like we've said this before, why Sam was such a great, choice for this director because there were some genuinely scary moments like some of the stuff especially when we're talking about those cameos and the deaths i do wish that the fights were a little bit longer and i understand that they were probably just trying to be like no but she's just so powerful yeah it doesn't take a long time and we're like as fans we're finally seeing some of these characters and we're like i would have liked a little bit the only person who really got a little breathing room was professor x yeah and i do appreciate that but even that like when she came out of that red smoke and snapped his neck that was freaking scary it was brutal yeah yeah that was yes that was that was brutal that was the surprise to me was that because when he goes to see wanda and she's like i'm not using magic like she fooled me like i didn't Mm -hmm. you know i I thought it was kind of like okay what are we what are we fighting against kind of conversation that we were going to have i did not expect that she was the bad guy even though everything we had seen so far told us that she that she was going to be but they but the trailer fooled me um yeah so and and even that like when you mentioned before that the acronym of mom i didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't even now after i didn't notice that at all (laughs) i didn't even realize (laughs) that that was the case i well it's interesting talking about wanda I I have a lot of thoughts about how they treated Wanda in this. And I think that they kind of did her dirty because I feel like they should have made it more clear in a dialogue or in a, in a scene somewhere that the dark hold was corrupting her. Mm. Um, Because even though they do, they kind of talk about that a lot with Dr. Strange. They're like, no, you can't use it. It's going to corrupt you. I'm like, they never, really kind of talk about her in a compassionate way that where it's like, no, Wanda, this isn't you. This is the book. You know what I mean? Like you, you just went through all this healing in, in WandaVision, but (laughs) which they wouldn't say WandaVision, but still, you know what I mean? Um, but like, no. And, and the fact that she never even brings up vision, you know, like that isn't like other than to say that she killed him or whatever. There was like one reference in the whole movie about vision. And so I think that there's a lot of like plot holes or character development plot holes with Wanda in where I'm all on board with her being the villain. I'm all on board with the direction they took. I just felt like they could have handled it in a way that didn't just make her seem wishy-washy. Yeah, like it should have made it where she thought her children were in danger rather than... Yes, yes, 
Yeah, rather That's, than just I know kicking, you and I had that conversation before. Yeah, because she's essentially kidnapping think, the children from herself. Yes, you know? and in WandaVision, the very last scene is her kids crying out to her to help them. And again, I understand that they're probably thinking that that's the book and that's the corruption of the book. Yeah. But when she's using it to see to find these children, there's no danger in in any of the universes that she's seeing. She's just yeah. sad because, you know. She's like, she's just sad because she's not the one with them. And I felt like that again, that was showing weakness and not that to say that a mother's love is weak and not to say that grief is weak. I'm, I'm not trying to discount the, the power of those feelings and what people might do to help people. But I do think that she had this kind of moment of acceptance of loss, you mm-hmm. know, in WandaVision and, and that whole last episode was so beautiful really beautifully done and i just i felt like it was a cheap twist to kind of throw that out the window without saying no this is this book is scrambling your brain you know like specifically to her or about her or even to other characters talking about her being corrupted by the dark hold not no dr strange you can't touch it because if you use it once it corrupts you like yes you, we can imply that as an audience, like we can put two and two together. It's not that we're idiots, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it was lacking that compassion for her. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I mean, at the end, I guess they, it kind of, it left it open uh, for her redemption, so yeah. to speak. But, but yeah, but the, there could have been a little more, uh, because it, it even on Wandavision, she didn't come off as being selfish. Like the no. whole reason she pulled Vision's body out of there is because she found out they were experimenting on it, mm-hmm. right? And so that's so it was kind of an act of uh, you know because she loved Vision that that she didn't want them to pervert his uh, you know his essence in, in, in a way into some weapon. Um, well, she didn't actually take the body though. Oh, that's right. What she created, but him. she went. Yeah, she went. Yeah, yeah. she created him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But didn't she, sh- but she, she went in, in the, she went and she saw that he was like being disassembled and, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. And then there was this whole conversation where she broke the windows and flew down and w- and it seemed like she yeah. was going to get him, but they had a real heart to heart conversation about like, no, don't you, don't you think that he's gone? Or I don't remember exactly how it went, but it yeah. was like his body and, and all of this technology you know, this can really help us and, and not to mention the vibranium, which is the most powerful and, you know, sought after material on the planet. There was something along that where she recognized not that his body could do good, but when she couldn't feel him, she kind of mm-hmm. tried to do her little magic hands, magic fingers, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she couldn't feel him. And she even said that she's like, I can't feel you. And she was so heartbroken and kind of realizing like, this is not vision. This is just uh, you know, How, a yeah. body, you know, yeah. uh, Shell. a machine. Yes. And, and that's when she left. Not, not that I'm going to say that she was approving of what they were doing, but yeah. just understanding that taking him with her wasn't going to do anything. But it kind of, that, that aspect was enough, was a good enough push to push her to what she did though. Like yes. at least as mm-hmm. a, where this, this one was a little, uh, they didn't give us enough, of a yeah. push, like I mean, yeah. it just seemed like. But at the, I mean, at the end, it took it, it took a lot for granted because it took a lot. It, it, they really depended on you doing your homework. I mean, I, I think sure. you could still enjoy it 
uh, from just walking in. But then I also wonder, would would this just be a completely confusing movie? I don't think movie? it would play as well. I don't know that it would be completely confusing, but I don't think that it would be as strong a connection. And same with when we're talking about Wanda and her whole her whole entire arc has been lost from the beginning of of her character in the MCU. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about the loss of her family, you know, in Sokovia, and then talking about her, her brother dying and having her power level up, and then Vision dying and having her power level up, and now her kids are being taken away, and which were made by her, but still, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's again her power leveling up. Like they've really tied all of her growth in power with all of these losses and she's gone nowhere but up as far as strength goes, but she really has to have that emotional um, reckoning, you know, yeah. which I think she does at the end of the film, which um, I know a lot of people are, are like, Oh yeah, you saw the red puff when, <laughs> when the building collapsed. So she's dead. And I'm like, Oh, there's absolutely no possible <laughs> way that yeah. they would kill her off. I'm sorry. Even if they like wanted to say, okay, that version's dead. Like, no, Wanda's not going There'll be another anywhere. version. There'll yeah. be another version. And I honestly think that that version is still out there because if we don't actually see a dead body, mm-hmm. well, it's funny <laughs> you can't is, trust it. <laughs> this is where the Hollywood part of it ruins things. Cause then, uh, they announced, uh, or somebody announced that, that she had a five year contract or she had a five movie contract. Yeah. But again, that's just a multiverse thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. who even knows? So you never know, you know, uh, but that's where the Hollywood part comes in because you, you can't, like, let, let's say if at the end of Endgame, you know, we, we sat there and watched Robert Downey Jr. die, but then we watched it knowing, oh, but he's got four other movies coming right. afterwards. Like, right. that would have completely ruined that whole, you know, that whole movie, you know, what happened to him. Kind of like what happened to, not to stray off, but kind of what happened to, like, when they when Spike, you know, spoilers for anyone who's never seen Buffy, but... For the last episode of Buffy, you know, Spike sacrifices himself for for everybody, and that was ruined by the day before uh, UPN making the announcement that you know James Marsters is joining Angel as Spike. And Isn't you're like, that so funny that all these announcements usually happen right around the same time things are being released? Oh yeah, and you're yeah. like, if you had just pushed that announcement back a little bit, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think UPN you know, did that on pro. More- I mean, I think UPN did that on purpose, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like giving the finger to, uh, to oh, uh, WB, you know, because yeah. of what they did with Buffy, you know, and and so it was kind of because that was when, when Buffy moved over to uh, UPN. Oh yeah, no Got Buffy, it. but yeah, but Buffy went to UPN. It was Warner Brothers who actually made that announcement. Sorry, sorry huh. UPN. <laughs> I don't think anybody is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. still, story story remains intact. Yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah. So so there there was a lot of uh, trying to think. There was so many things. I I did like. What was the name of the the little girl who was in it? The uh, I I blanked on her name. The America Chavez. Yes, America Chavez. So, like I liked yeah. her character. I liked how it started because you really didn't know where it was going. But there seems to be a running theme in in uh, um, I I you know it, it almost seemed very close to what uh, Miss Marvel could be. You know, in a, right. in a way. Um, Poss- yeah, possibly. But um, but there seems to be this running theme that that uh, of of uh, you know it used to be there's always little boys and things now it's now they're really focusing on little girls finally you know because I think oh they, for sure that market was lost for for uh, yeah that's so exciting forever. and I yeah. do like America Chavez I thought that she was I like the actress I thought she was like fun her personality was nice you know she's got her little 
um, pride pin on the whole movie, which mm-hmm. was the most subtle way that they were going to address it, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I, I also kind of wish that they had done a little bit more in her character development, even though we do get the beat, beat points of like how um, her appearance, you know, were sucked out by the first time she used her power and she's kind of scared to use it and she's hopping across and, you know, she develops the, the chance to finally use it at the end and feel like she can be in, in control. I understand. I like that arc. I feel like I, I didn't connect with the growth throughout the movie that much. Yeah. So it, she seemed very much the same person at the beginning of the film as she did at the end of the film, other than, you know, zombie strange saying you can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So you I wish that there had see- been a little bit more development. Like, where do you think we'll see her again? Um, you oh, that's a good question. Um, Doctor Strange, or you think we'll see her in Miss Marvel, or the or the next? Captain I don't Marvel think that movie, we're going to see her in um, Captain Marvel two because they're already doing Miss Marvel in that, yeah. and I feel like that's going to be a crowded film mm-hmm. um, because they also set up uh, Marie Rambeau's kid. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you and know, that was so one division. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's there's a lot already happening in that film, so I don't know that it, that's where it's going to be. But yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I mean, maybe it's going to be in one of those shows. Yeah, there's so many, so much setup. You don't know. Like, I don't know how Shang uh, Shang Chi fits into it. I know. I still really am curious about what the um. What whether that signal emanating from those rings at the yeah. end of that film? I'm like, okay, we're just. Hanging out with that. Although it took them how many years to give us Adam Warlock? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after that <That's> teaser. <laughs> so I understand that not everything comes linear, you know, yeah. um, especially not in, in this uh, post um, Infinity, you know, saga Marvel, mm. where everything really does feel some things are connected, but a lot more of their films feel very standalone, yeah. you know? And, and and there I, might be ways that they come together later, but I, I think they're really working on the the television. I mean, I don't think they're spreading themselves too thin, but I do think that they're really working on the television side because yeah, it's it, even seeing the She Hulk trailer that looks like a lot of fun. Like it looks, oh my gosh, yes, you know, kind of like lost, I'm, I'm lost like, their mind about that too about the CG. I'm like, hi, you guys are so mean. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, I don't understand what people people have no patience is what it is. And how know? many times have we seen trailers? for movies that come out, you know, a couple months before the movie does, and there's still work being done on the movie and things yeah. look better. And, you know, in there, and I'm like, you guys don't have to like, yeah, jump that's why everything. they don't. Sh- it's like, now you're not going to get anything, you know, because they knew that you were going to judge this. Um, yep. Just because you, you know, just, just because uh, one small trailer or something like that. Yes. And like, you know what? I have a real big problem with a lot of people who are, um, bashing on She-Hulk for for the way that it looks everything too because her personality is like this to begin with where she's very flirty and you know yeah. like actually really enjoys the celebrity of of being who she is mm-hmm. but i think the challenge is Hulk when you um make him into either Professor Hulk or you know the previous versions he, he doesn't have to be quote unquote fuckable you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> Like, yeah. he just has to be, like, big and muscular mm-hmm. and, like, whatever. But for She-Hulk, like, as a brand, they're trying to make her also attractive while doing all of this CG to her. And that's where you get more of the Uncanny Valley, yeah. you know, kind of thing that some people 
had a problem with. But, but honestly, I didn't think it was bad. I didn't even think it was bad. No. <laughs> no, I, I liked it. I thought it was interesting looking. I even yeah. thought it was funny when, when she picked up the guy and was carrying him <laughs> off like a baby like that. I know. Kinda, it was so funny. It looked kind of funny. And I do. I just love Taz, Tatiana Maslany. She's so great. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, we're actually. talking about Sam Raimi today. Yes. So let's bring well, it back because we're well, just going to spiral. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, this, this you know, we could... So, so we both love this movie. I, I well, I don't want to say love is probably too big of a word, but um, we both enjoyed this movie. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't have any real problems with it. Like, it's I don't either. I loved I it as it. a comic fan. You know, yeah. I felt like it really was. It, it definitely gave me fan service. It was still telling a service or a story. Pardon me, but I did feel like as a somebody who who grew up reading comics and and watching the cartoons and you know finding any kind of scrap of fun stuff, this felt like it was made for me. I don't yeah. think it was made for mass appeal. <laughs> no, which this is, is what's great. Definitely a more niche. I mean, one. well, that's what you know. That's what's great about Sam Raimi is because he knows how to. Uh, he knows how to bridge both of those things. And it's yeah. something he had to learn to do because it wasn't always like that for him. I, I think, yeah. you know, he, he really, that really came in the Spider-Man movies. You know, a lot, a lot of people would blame him for Spider-Man 3, which I still don't think is a horrible movie. I still like a lot of parts of it. It just is, is that's one of those cases where there were there were decisions that were made that were not his, that he was kind of obligated to do. Mm-hmm. That he wasn't happy about, like Ven- like his Venom yeah. was, was. He's he's admitted that he did not want Venom in the film, and then he grew to yeah. like Venom, but mm-hmm. he still it wasn't it wasn't his choice to put him in. So mm-hmm. you know he had enough other st- shoehorns uh, story things to shoehorn in. Uh, besides You're, that, that's a know. really good point because he did have the, this film, Doctor Strange Two, was so packed. And you know what? Um, speaking of it being packed, I, I will say that the pacing of it when I was in the theater, it, it felt like it was so busy towards, you know, especially the, the last two thirds. You know, I yeah. felt like we just were constantly going, going, going. It it and I wasn't mad at it. I'm not I'm not like saying that it needed to slow down, mm-hmm. but it did mean that I'm like, man, I need to see that again. I just I felt like there was no room to to do anything like to breathe or really think about anything. Cause you just always had to be going on to the next um, iteration. Yeah. 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 Cause it was just a lot of story to tell and mm-hmm. yeah, it was, you had to tell really, it in it a way that, where you didn't lose anybody, you know, that right. that's, that's the whole thing. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and so you go through his filmography and um, uh, I, I don't, I don't know about you, but just, just going back to, to, to when I got first became a fan of Sam Raimi um, I I accidentally met Sam Raimi at a convention, and I didn't. I ruined the photograph that he and Bruce Campbell were in, and Aww. and I was not. I it wasn't that I wasn't a fan. I just it was one of those things where I had seen the movie, but I didn't really think about it. You know, it was like okay, that was weird. You know, I I had seen Evil Dead one, I had seen Evil Dead two, but I when I watched Evil Dead two, I had uh, it's such a kooky kind of cartoony movie that I didn't take it very seriously. So I'm at this convention. I'm walking, and uh, uh, with my friend, and and she says, "Oh, w- watch out!" And I literally stepped into a, f- a photo with two people, and uh, you know, four people in the photo, 
and I stepped right in front of them, and the flash went off. And this is not oh. digital <laughs> Zoom time. This is like right. They're like, no, this and, is actual. <laughs> and I, I literally turned and I said, "I'm oh, sorry." You know, I, I said, "I'm oh, sorry about that." And it was, I didn't realize who, it, you know, I, I didn't realize who it was. But then the next panel, this was back in the day when conventions were like, mm-hmm. the panels would happen right Most from where days, the person yeah. we're doing mm-hmm. the stage was there. Then all of a sudden, you know, we stayed for the for for a, we were waiting for the next panel and we stayed for this panel and then it was Sam Raimi talking about Darkman and mm-hmm. um and he goes up on the stage and then he's got Bruce Campbell with him and I'm like oh geez those are the two guys I did because because uh, even Lacey said oh that that was the two people you just walked in front of their photo so somewhere in the world there's a photo of me with Sam Raimi and uh, Bruce Campbell <laughs> That's probably so with them giving me an angry look you know um, I have. I don't. Ha- I have never been able to um, have the pleasure of meeting Sam Raimi, but I have gone to a couple different events with Bruce Campbell, and I, I never was able to actually get an autograph or speak oh. to him. I, I, it just never worked out that way because either the, it was too late and yeah. nobody else could get in line or there weren't any more tickets, whatever it was. Um, but I had been there long enough that I was able to like get a picture of him at the signing table, even though I wasn't in it. And my favorite picture of me and Bruce Campbell is I'm like 18 and I'm sitting um, on the floor of the porch outside my house on Hager Street in Daltona, Florida, and I am, I've got like a bottle or a glass of wine in one hand, and I'm like squatting down looking at a physical photo of him that I took on, (laughs) and I'm like, I have that on the floor in front of me, and I'm bent over with my glass of wine, and I remember it so clearly. I'm just like, I love you, Bruce Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) Just talking to the photo, like, drunk out of my mind, like, way before I should have been drinking. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Anyway, that's that's my favorite. (laughs) Because I I did, I you know, I I got to meet Bruce Campbell right before, so so I got, I, I you know, after after I saw Darkman, I started to go backwards, and uh, I didn't realize I there was another movie that Sam Raimi directed that I had no idea he directed, but it was on cable all the time, and it was called Crime Wave. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch this film because I used to just I used to just say this movie is so weird. I never I, saw that one. Yeah, I, there's a like lot I, that I haven't seen of his actually. It's such a strange movie. It's 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 the first time the the Coen Brothers and Sam Raimi were were involved in I, I forgot who wrote what but mm-hmm. I feel like the Coen brothers wrote the film or or I, I'm not sh- I know they were involved with it some way but it's such a weird movie and uh mm-hmm. uh I love that that film it's one of those films that you know you have to be a Sam Raimi film to like but after, after it was a dark man where I start to go backwards and I still to this day I still have a problem with Evil Dead cuz I still find that one a little freaky like just mm-hmm. you know that uh, where you've got the pencil in the in the mm-hmm. ankle and the and a lot of it I, I I've you know I, I it's but I but my my Evil Deads are Evil Dead Two which mm-hmm. when I go back to, when I went back to really look at that one and see what they were doing I'm, I was just like wow this is brilliant this film yeah you know yeah. It, it's so ridiculous but just the way that it's done it's done with with. Uh, this love of the Marx Brothers cartoon horror, like all these elements, um, yeah. and and then and then uh, and then Darkman, which you just saw today, right? Today, just I just watched Darkman for the first time. I can't believe that I had never seen it. Yeah. And I have to tell you, 
I wish I had seen it in the 90s because it was a blast. It was a blast to watch today because of how Raimi it was and all the people I recognized from, you know, some of the other movies. Um, but boy, oh boy, that was, it was like goofy, bad, funny. You know what I mean? It was so cheesy. The acting, the way that they were talking about like, oh gosh, um, what's his name? Um, Liam Neeson, he would be like, we mean, why can't we figure this out? We're smart guys. We've got to get it. And it's like, like the, everything is said out loud. There is no internal monologue. In the entire film. Yeah, it's yeah. Just everything is like, I, think, I, I am I, smart. I am this. <laughs> I want to say that was probably his first studio film because mm. that was the first one that had the big push, the big marketing. And mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just remember my friend, there were two scenes. First, my friend got it wrong. He thought that Darkman was going to be able to just change his face. So he was rather disappointed that it was right. just he thought it was a him making mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that was one. No well, one. geez, so sorry to disappoint. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the other part that really drove him nuts where he was almost done was when Francis McDermott is Francis. It's Francis McDermott, right? Or is it somebody else who's in the movie? No, it, it, McDormand, but yes. McDormand, yes. yes mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, when she, uh, she's there for the explosion and then it, it, uh, it then becomes the funeral scene. Yes. You and know, the, she kind of fades into her funeral. Garb. Yeah. There's a lot of wacky, again, just wacky crossfades and yeah. stuff. And that's where it was so kind of fun to see it as a, a little time capsule and, and be like, wow, he's still doing this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, he know? was ready. But he he's was so ready much to better leave. at it now. You know, yeah. he was ready to leave the theater. Like that was, oh. you know, <laughs> get out of my way. You know, <laughs> I like that. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> but I, I, I remember watching that. I was like, I really like this. This was a lot of fun. And then, and then that's when I, I just started to follow his career. Cause then after yeah. that, it was the rumored Army of Dark, you know the the yeah, rumored Army of Darkness was right after that. that yeah, was great. but it was so long that they kept saying it was coming out, it was coming out, and and I remember there was one convention I was I was at where uh, Bruce Campbell was there, and he was saying, "Look, I know there's a bootleg out there of that they're selling on the convention floor." He's like, "I will pay you double right now if you just you know to anybody who bought a copy." He's like, because he wanted people back. to, yeah, because yeah, he wanted people to see it in the theaters. Yeah. And I, and actually, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, really? There's a copy out there. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> find it, but I was yeah. like, I had no idea that that, that was the That's case. Funny. But I mean, I did, you know, I, I, we did see it in the movies, you know, and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and after that, I, I had a good time with that. Like that's that that film is interesting. Is is the original cut of it has a very dark ending, and it's very similar. Mm-hmm. to the end of Evil Dead 2 where it ends with Ash kind of going no you know kind mm-hmm. of because because oh, yeah. he's he's he accidentally missed he took too many drops and yes and it I totally, slept too long yeah and he's <laughs> and it's almost like Rip Van Winkle and he's mm-hmm. like now he's in this road warrior type thing where when I saw that you know they I know that they changed you know obviously once a uh I think it was Universal released Army of Darkness. And when they bought the rights and made Army of Darkness, you know that he wasn't just going to be able to do whatever he wanted to do. It was going to have mm. to conform to a studio picture, so to speak. Because it is a hard... I mean, that is the hardest movie to sell. You have to, They sold that movie as its own movie. And when you watch it, it kind of recaps the first two films. Mm-hmm. 
at the beginning of the film. But he also did that in Evil Dead 2. He recapped the first film by just redoing it. Yeah, it's, it was funny. It was very much like Evil Dead 2 was written and directed right over top of Evil Dead 1. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like it was just, yeah, yeah it was so, it's so, so it was an interesting way to approach it. So, um, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, I can understand why they changed the ending for everybody. Cause ironically, I, I, you know, I, I think the, the other interesting, the other ending is more interesting with the road warrior thing. I actually prefer the American ending with him at the supermarket because just the way that it plays and, and just the, you know, you see, you see, uh, uh, Ash in his element and he's, uh, you know, and it's just like that funny line of "Lady, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store." You know, just yeah. <laughs> the way he says it. Like, I, I, I think that's the one time where I think I, I agree with the studio execs who said, uh, "You know, we need to make this a happier ending because it because it works." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get. I'm happy to have seen the other one, but I agree. I think that they're both good, and I I agree that there's just always room for more stories with Ash. So you know, yeah. this this just leaves everything open. Um, so yeah. So then, after Army of Darkness, he does the Quick, the Quick and, the, and dead. the Dead, which I saw mm-hmm. in the movies as well. Mm-hmm. That was that was my introduction to Russell Crowe. Um, oh and, yeah, yeah. And Sharon Stone, Sharon right? Sharon Stone, is, is I remember. The, mm-hmm. And that was like the Western movie. So that was another one where there was enough. I don't know when last time you saw that one, but there, there's enough of the, uh, you know, when you had the the gunfight. Of mm-hmm. the Dutch camera angles that he does, where he does the zoom ins and and the uh, uh, the style that that um, uh, Edgar Wright would uh, mm-hmm. would happily you know, and, steal, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it was a good movie. It wasn't like it wasn't like one I'd want to watch over and over again, but it was. That's just it. I remember watching it around the time it came out, um, and I actually remember being disappointed because I remember thinking, "Oh, this is a Sam Raimi film." you know, it's going to be wacky or, or, or it's going to have, you know, something. I just expected to love it as much as I loved Evil Dead and I yeah. didn't. So to me, I was disappointed, which is definitely not his fault. That is honestly something I think, especially as a young person, you kind of grow out of because you realize like, no, people are allowed to, <laughs> yeah. people are allowed to do other things and have other types of films that they want to do. And I bet if I watched it again now, I probably would like it more. But it also might be that I could recognize more Sam in it now than mm-hmm. I did at the time. And I think he was straddling with the world of like trying to make something commercial. Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, Darkman was his first know? commercial one, and then Army yeah. of Darkness. So this really was his third big commercial film, and he'd already done two that were very similar yeah. in tone and and camp. <laughs> you know. Yep. And then he did a simple plan, which I I did I saw that one in the movies too, which mm. I I liked that a lot because it was it it wasn't the typical movie, but it was kind of like a uh, that was one with Billy Bob Thornton and and uh, uh, Bill Paxton, and um, uh, they come across this a bag of money, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out what to do. And I I don't remember all the details, but I just remember it played very much like a like a, a Coen Brothers film, like a Fargo. Mm. kind of movie I, yeah i didn't see that one yeah there, I mean, and I, for the love of the game was the next one i also didn't see that so there were a couple there that i had missed yeah i saw for the love of the game and that's that's the one where this this is totally like not that he sold out but i think he was like let me try let me see what making a romantic comedy is like because right. it was basically just you know it, it was it was a straight film straight film but it's but it did have an interesting angle where it's it's told in flashbacks because it's Kevin um, 
Costner, he's mm-hmm. he's playing his last game, and then it's cutting back to moments of his life for to where he got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's a pitcher on the mound, so it, it was good, but it wasn't you know. It wasn't like, oh, I've got to get the DVD. I need the extras. You know, it wasn't like right. any, like a movie like that. It was just kind of a very typical, you know, uh, date movie kind of yeah. kind of thing. Um, the gift I saw once, I barely remember it. I don't know if you saw that movie. Yes, the gift is where I rejoined <laughs> on okay. on the Raimi train, and it was weird too. Like I remember it being at the height of Katie Holmes. Um, popularity and i remember all the big thing was that you got to see your boobs in this and um, (laughs) i'm like everybody at school was talking about it right and then i watched the film and you know when you see your boobs it's like when she's dead in the water or something yeah something crazy and it was so gross that i was like this is what everybody's excited about that's gross I'm like, why is this? What is? i don't know anyway yeah I, i don't remember enough of the movie to um be like oh yeah i remember this this and this but i do remember that i'm like yeah it was good but it wasn't one that i bought like that was at the height of us buying vhs copies of everything that we liked so we could watch them over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and this wasn't on that list well i I think even for what year was that that was 2000 yeah i was already into dvds so i Mm -hmm. i I don't even think i bought that that was during the time where i'd go Every Friday, say, hey, what's brand new? Like yeah. I was like Mr. Big Bucks or something. Or every yeah, Wednesday, that, Tuesday, yeah, I, I guess I was would be in DVDs at that time. Yeah, yeah. and so, but um, uh, but then it was Spider Man that you know mm-hmm. was a great you know he Spider Man was Jim Cameron's baby for so long that he kept waiting for the like Jim Cameron usually does he waits for the technology to be there mm-hmm. and he still didn't think the technology was there and I think. You know, I remember that man. I had forgotten about that, but you're yeah. right. I remember hearing that story at the time. Yeah, he he because he had a, a he was the, he it was his idea to make a digital Spider Man. At that yeah. time, nobody was even making digital. You know, now it's so normal right. for a character to be digital, but back then it was like you know, what are you nuts? You know, to do something mm-hmm. like that. So because even digital stuntmen, there were no real such things. So um uh, so but he just went with it, and I. I was always surprised. I it was I, that was one of those movies where uh, I couldn't. I was so surprised it opened so big because I knew why I I was interested. Like I couldn't wait to see it, mm-hmm. but I was just surprised that everybody else was interested because at that time, you know, it wasn't that far off that we had just suffered through Batman and Robin, and <laughs> it, the superhero movie was kind of right. dead. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, and that's where we get a lot of credit. You know, a lot of credit for Spider Man. Uh, it, it's not my favorite of the trilogy. Spider-Man 2 is still my favorite yeah. of the trilogy. Um, but all three of those movies really did help the industry so much. You know, even though it still struggled afterwards, even though, you know, um, Marvel Comics really had a hard go of it, you know, for a long time. And it wasn't mm-hmm. really until Iron Man came out that they kind of solidified and bounced back. And, and then, of course, the Disney merger and everything. But... Um, when you're talking about um, 2002 Spider-Man, I remember also it being this big love letter to New York, which it should be. I mean, that's definitely yeah. a Spider-Man theme. And I remember um, specifically that there had been in the trailer that scene with the two towers where there was webbing and a helicopter oh, yes. stuck yeah. between the two towers and that they that was a big deal that they couldn't put that in. Like, that's just one little story that always kind of sticks in my head. This is at the time I was also working at Sam Goody. So we were promoting 
um, things like this too. Like we had a whole bunch of different yeah. promotional stuff and the soundtracks and everything. So it's a very kind of nostalgic time for me. Like I'm mm-hmm. like I was I was selling movies. I was listening to movie music. I was just I felt like so immersed in everything. Yeah. I was in California and I I had uh there was a big store called the uh, or a big building Sony Mega uh Megatron mm-hmm. where there was a PlayStation store and that, that that was where you uh I went to the movies to see um uh Final Fantasy the what was it the Ghost Within was that what it was Oh called? yeah, I remember that. And mm-hmm. that was when I first saw the trailer for Spider-Man with the uh, with the World Trade Center. Yeah. Um and uh and I just remember the cheer cuz this this was a crowded screening. I just remember the cheer that went out, you know, when the when the helicopters caught in the web. Yeah. And uh uh yeah, and then that was removed. There were so many so many things that obviously after nine eleven that, that World Trade Center anything. And they had to digitally remove it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't know I mean I understand coming out so close. it's like yeah. I also would have understood if they wanted to fight to keep it in. Um, yeah. I would have I would have understood either way, but uh, what a it just story. seemed like a, it was more of a gag anyway. So it was like, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know about it, that you know? scene in particular, but I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> it, it's interesting um, though. Is it's there is a shot in the movie where where there's a close up of Spider Man and you see the reflection of the towers oh, really? in his visor uh, mm-hmm. in his uh, eye thing yeah. in the first one. So that they kept that there, I guess just just as a, 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 yeah, a, a memorial. But yeah, mm-hmm. so then we get so he just does the the three Spider-Man films and mm-hmm. and uh, the second one being uh, another thing that I don't think he gets enough credit for is he 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 kind of taught people how to tell superhero stories because right. um, I remember when I went with my friend she had no interest in in superhero films at all and I I don't remember why I think she liked Tobey Maguire is the only reason why she mm-hmm. decided to go mm-hmm. see this. And she loved it, like, and th- yeah. and it was a surprise to her that she loved it. And I think it was because it was the first hour of the movie. Usually, you know, you're waiting for when Spider-Man getting here. And this movie was so well done, you could care less that he wasn't in the costume. You know, it was mm-hmm. this was the first time where they didn't make the film about the costume. It was actually yeah. about the person, and you really cared about that. The only the only thing that I I you know as the movie was going on. I just felt like they dropped the ball with Green Goblin because when he was in that mask, something about it for me didn't it. It was too, uh, too huge or too like uh, it just it didn't it didn't fit with for what it was. And and it's right. funny that years later that that William Defoe would say the same thing like he he didn't yeah. like the mask. Yeah, and that even in the, the latest Spider Man, you know, the first thing that he does is break it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they acknowledge it like it's there, but. It's done. You yeah. know, we realize that we're moving away from this mask. Yeah, exactly. And Spider-Man 2 was just brilliant. I mean, there was no mm-hmm. way about I mean, that was just... Alfred could, Molina. I yeah. really feel like even though Willem Dafoe, you know, had mental illness and, and you know, you absolutely could identify, you know, him as, as somebody who was um, ill and not necessarily evil. Um, but Will, um, sorry, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock was, I, you really just felt for him, yeah. you know, and that's what made him such a compelling villain. Really, really brilliant. And it wasn't his fault. I mean, I mean, those, it's those, uh, you know, those transistor things that are, that yeah. are in the back of his neck that are, that are controlling, making him exactly and driving exactly. him mad. So, and, it, you know. and it's great. Again, oh, it's just, so brilliant to bring all of this back and try and put things right and be the helper to mm-hmm. help people. Oh, just so, so great. Yeah. But 
really, you know, uh, spending such a, a large amount of time in this world. I mean, in the early 2000s, this is what we had. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it really was the best that was there at the time. Like, yeah. I think X-Men came out as well, but, um, but you it, know. But it faltered, you know, the X-Men 2 did great, but then even yeah. when you look at, go back to it, you you see it's not... It's not it's as not perfect as, as you good. remember it's it. It's just that it was better than the first. The first one... Yeah. And I, I think I did this with Spider-Man as well. Uh, the first Spider-Man and the first X-Men movie. Um, it's almost like you're. I was so excited to get them mm-hmm. that you start defending them even when you know in your heart... There's some problems. <laughs> there's <yeah>. problems. <laughs> yeah. You know? And you're just like, yeah, but I mean, at least we got it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, <laughs> the first X Men movie was very it. short. Like the second one was a lot better, mm-hmm. but the first one was very was a very short film when you when you uh, mm-hmm. when I watched it. And then, uh, um, so the third Spider Man movie faltered a little bit just because, like I said before, there was just a lot going on. Yeah, too um, much stuff the studio wanted. Yeah, and and unfortunately, I uh, he had a fourth one that that he yeah. had written. And Sony pulled the plug because um, mm-hmm. they even had John Malkovich was going to be the Vulture, and I remember. And yeah. uh, um, I forgot if I forgot if it was two villains, but I do always remember it was uh, John mm-hmm. Malkovich. But the fact that it's written, I'd love to read that script somewhere and yeah. see what what it was about. But um, so that was the third one was 2007, and then he didn't make another film till I, I thought Drag Me to Hell was the last movie he made before this one, but. Um, he made Drag Me to um, Hell, which which I love that film. That was great. That to me felt like a real Raimi return. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought it was the perfect bounce back after being so tied with Spider-Man 3 and feeling like his creativity, I'm sure he had to have been so stifled with what, what they just making were making him do. Whereas Drag Me to Hell was was such a breath of fresh air and such mm-hmm. a like really fun, you know, kind of scary but but goofy, you know, kind yeah. of film. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I love yeah, that film. I really saw that film a couple it. of times in the theaters because mm-hmm. it was just a lot of fun to see. And and when you even think of the name, it's it's such a gag name. Yeah. Um, but it but it works, you know. Yeah. For, for it what feels it was. like a, a B horror film from the eighties, and you're like, yes. <laughs> so that's what it wants to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was yeah, two thousand nine was that film. Then I forgot, I completely forgot in 2013 yeah. that he made Oz the Great the and great Powerful. The Great and Powerful, yeah. Which I, mean? I didn't, I didn't hate it. I mean, I, I, I remember like thinking it. it was okay, but I didn't, I didn't think it was like, I thought it was, you know, not as good as it could have been, but it was also mm-hmm. at the, it was also during the time of Alice in Wonderland and, and where movies it. were all looking it like was, that. It you know? was so, exactly, it looked so samey. Yeah. It seemed so samey, and it, honestly, it didn't really feel, it wasn't his even film. though all the visuals were spectacular i'm sure somebody who loves that movie would probably be screaming at me for that yeah but i'm just like yeah i just it felt so forgettable as i was watching it even though the visuals were like you said very much in that alice in wonderland kind of mm-hmm. um vein i wonder actually if bobby chu did the visual um stuff on that let me look that up well what's weird is it came out in 2013 and that means that I think we were already doing the podcast mm-hmm. uh, by then. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think we, we were. And so we would have talked about it. And I don't even have every, any memory 
of discussing this movie. I'm sure that. No, I'm, I think we did because I think we talked about it. we didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure we did, but but I don't even like. I'm usually pretty good at remembering, but I don't. Yeah, I don't even remember. Like, yeah, just talk, talking about it. But it's because uh, 2013 that was like right at the height. I mean, that's that's Marvel height. Avengers just came out the year before, so um, yeah. uh, that's a that's a that's a weird spot. Like I tend to completely forget that that movie existed. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then that brings us to so then he did a lot of television, which I didn't mm-hmm. realize. He did. Uh, there's shows here I've never heard of. One's called The Rake, where he directed two episodes. Yeah, I know. Like I was looking this up too because I knew we were going to be talking about him, and I was trying to be like, okay, what what was he doing for that yeah. time? But really, th- there was a little bit of TV, and then he he produced a lot, right? Like he, he did was a lot doing of a lot of mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And he a did lot of that. he did direct one episode of Ash versus Evil Dead. I think it was probably mm-hmm. the first episode, and yep. yeah, okay. something called Fifty States of Fright, which I. I know. I don't know what that was. I'm like, it's a TV series short, three episodes. Yeah. The Golden Arm Part 1, 2, and 3 in 2020. I'm going to have to find out what that is. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious about that. And then Doctor Strange. Yeah. And then. And, and oh, it's it, a Quibi. Quibi series. That's why I don't uh, know what it is. Okay. And it's got Ming Na Wen in it. Huh. Yeah. That was where the, the whole idea of it is a 4 by 3 format for your phone mm-hmm. was that Quibi thing because most people were just filming. I still do it myself too. I where, where you just film sideways, you should turn yeah. it. But I I still do that sometimes. I don't I don't know why. Um, but uh, yeah, but the a very varied career. But it's it's interesting when you go through it and you could see where. I feel like the, he was using things as teachable moments, like like mm-hmm. something like the Oz, the Great and Powerful, could have been one of those things where he was like, well, let me dip my toe in the uh, in the you know digital background digital effects right and see what see how to make that you know because um it's true all of those things the the various things that he has done even with the love story is you know i mean because i felt like in dr strange multiverse of madness i felt more of a connection between um rachel mcadams and benedict cumberbatch in that than i did in the first film yeah yeah. You know what I mean? Like every little bit that he's has here in his repertoire has has kind of brought him to this moment, which I mean, it's just going to keep getting better and better. Yep. I'm really, I'm, I'm real proud of of Sam Raimi. Yeah, I hope he continue. Like I hope he, I hope he does another one. Yeah, I hope I hope he stays with this because I think Doctor Strange is perfect for him. You know, and yeah, and the way that it ended, you know, I, I at first was a little confused because. I, you know, I, you saw him grow the third eye mm, and then yeah. you get that other title sequence where everything's like, mm-hmm, yes, it seems fine. I was watching <laughs> somebody else's, um, breakdown. Uh, I think it was screen crush that was talking about how, um, it, it almost took away from, from that first cliffhanger where he had the third eye and he was yeah. screaming in the street, which was such a great cutoff. And then only like a second later, you know, we get another ending where he's like, got it under control and he just is opening it. And it's like, Oh man, it, I, I do agree. Like, even though it was cool to have him go into the other universe with, um, yeah. which Clara or whatever her name is. Um, but uh, yeah, I do. I do think that I agree kind of did cheapen that impact of, him screaming on the street with his third eye opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean that was that was pretty, you know, horrifying. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. So to see. Well, well you know, again, maybe had to squeeze another eyeball in. You know, as yeah. many times as possible. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. There you go. 
Made us realize that. Oh, so funny. So funny. But yes, we, I really can't say enough nice things, even though uh, there might be hits and misses for me personally in, in his repertoire of my tastes, but I still appreciate all of it. And I can see how it has, um, really developed him as a director. And I do, I think he's just brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Same here. So I, I continue to look forward to see what he's going to do. Well, on that note, I think we've done some some uh, justice to uh, Mr. Raimi's career. Well, we haven't done anything, but well, we've discussed his, <laughs> his, uh, about his it, career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll definitely uh, we'll be back, and as, as I'm sure there'll be more topics to talk about very soon. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.